Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I want to thank my sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here's uh, an episode for your listening enjoyment. How often do you find those cards from people that don't know what they are? And then do you ever say, hey, I need to tell you this is much better than you're trying to sell it to me at? I, the guys at the shows in the Boston area know what they have. When Tops puts out Heritage and then they throw the inserts in that match the old test issues, I'm amazed at the amount of people that don't really know what they're looking at or why Tops did that. I don't know how the socks got picked. They were good in 67, but these came out in 67. So I don't even know why they picked the Pirates and the Red Sox. They did pretty well. They had the MVP of the NL from 66, and the guy who would win the batting title is the Pirate star player. And Yastrzemski was already having a really good year in 67. I don't think that's an early season release because at the end of the set, it's for mayor. But maybe because New York, neither team was going to be that good, and they were just taking a gamble on other teams they thought would be good. Because normally you would think the test issue would be New York where they did a lot of their tests because – the stationery store, not the grocery store, but would call it a convenience store today, down the street from me, had test issues. I got 68 plaques, and I think they had 69 posters there, too. I'm sure they would have had the 67s. But is that a fair test, to test in the New York metropolitan area? Whether it's New Jersey or Brooklyn or wherever, I think a lot of them were in Brooklyn. And <laughs> a lot of those test issues, if I can think back from five decades ago, They were in the hands, eventually, of a handful of serious hobbyists that had strong connections to Tops, the company. How many of the test issues actually became real issues? All of them did in the sense of heritage. (laughs) They're borrowing them. But if a test issue comes out one year, what was done the next year? Nothing. Or they had a new test. And I think most of them were unsuccessful. Some I mean, of them are beautiful. Time, if you think about the test issues, even some of the ones that today are super popular, like the 64 stand-ups, is that an insert or a test issue? That's a test issue. They have their own packs. Yeah, Probably I think 64 stand-up would have been done again. That had to be remaindered. I think Yeko or Wholesale Cards had some of those. So that had to be enough produced of a test issue. That was well-established. The ones I'm talking about are like the dice game and things like that. You just never saw them. And all these cards that were irregular sizes and shapes. They even did something for the 64 Tops Rookie Banquet. There's a special set for that. I have eight cards from that All-Star Rookie Banquet set. We've been on the podcast here with various guests talking about whether or not you need hobby experience to work in the hobby. And I'm thinking Tops maybe got some ideas from people not in the hobby for these test issues. Because I think a veteran hobbyist is say, that probably isn't going to work of some of these odd-sized, odd-shaped, quirky kind of things that wouldn't fit in a plastic sheet relevant to the standards of the day. I'm wondering if they just not pulling a man or woman off the street just trying crazy stuff. Top's punch-outs were mentioned. Those came in strips of three. The package was huge. And they were impractical. The 68 plaques came in a little plastic. I don't even know if those actually got released. Maybe those came out the back door someplace. Uh, Mark, I bought but, them at a test store. I can tell you the 68 plaques you? were removed. 
I bought mine years later, but uh, the checklist for the plaques. Who thought of something like that? The little plastic things that fall apart. They weren't even good representations of the player. The 61 dice game at least looks like he's got a player photo on the front. You can play the game on the back. It's not a scratch-off. Appa was putting out cards. Maddox's first year is 61, so there is something about games. Thinking about Appa had begun a decade earlier. The 69 foreign ones for baseball, which were little stickers, yet they put them in the football packs as perforated pieces of cardboard. Same year. I bought the baseball four stamps at the grocery store as well. I bought the 69s, those four stamps that were together in the albums. And they kept trying stamps all throughout the 60s and 70s. Maybe they thought stamp collecting was still so popular. There's like weedy stamps in 64 and top stamps in 69 and top stamps in 74. And hockey had OP cheese, little stamps you could put on the back of the cards in 6970 that seemed to be a very popular concept that they never could get quite right or maybe the two type of collections didn't merge there's sticker cards and there's sticker stamps stamps have to be very low cost to produce if it's just a pure stamp flimsy paper adhesive on the back but tops did card stock sticker type things and right. it seemed like in the late 80s they did them really cool depending on the year 44 or 66 players then they would match it with a whole bunch of different bats we broke them out of comp c if you want to do a master set of 88 top stickers with sticker backs good luck because there are hundreds out there they're nice looking cards the photos on the front are fine yeah. that's really in a way a popular test issue and that's not the 60s test issue that lasted for a few years, and then stickers eventually went away. I think 90s the last year. But that was a very popular. I'm realizing there was a whole group of test issues that only had some creativity on the front. They were blank back. And I think in those days, a traditional card was supposed to have interesting art on the front and some biographical or numbering on the back that you could collect it. And so any of these attempts that ignored that, I think, were suspect. I like the the 68 Action All-Stars. Those were stickers, the panels. Did you keep Those the panel, or did you pop them? I have the panels. There's a big Yaz and a small Yaz, Tony C. and George Scott. I think my favorite test issue of all time is 3D, 68. It's a beautiful you know, those chart. were printed in the FW, same people who later did Sports Flex. And did Kellogg's, too, right? Yes, the graphics. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know a dealer that eventually went to jail for a year from dumpster diving there. They always had interesting stuff. And when I moved down here and I go to the shows, the fact that somebody realized it was probably profitable to do dumpster diving. Top's greatest moments from 71 is a beautiful set. Have you ever seen a rapper for those cards? No. Neither have I. I don't know if they were ever released that way. They were released to Bruce Yeko Wholesale Card Company or somebody back in the 70s. I think it was Yeko. Had a large quantity of those, and there were single prints and double prints, and you could get a short set, as I recall. And they were pristine. So I don't think they were ever in packs. 
I don't think so either. Yeko is always one of my favorite people in the hobby because he would put cards into the oven where people accused me of doing it where I never did it. But it was Bruce, and I would tell the story. No, Bruce, really I was told by many people Bruce Yeko had cards in the oven. Even though he made a living this way, this wasn't anything he really liked as much as his real hobby in life. The passion of his life was Broadway. Yes. And there was a failed musical that I had a program for because my mom was Dean and had a very famous star. And it was the worst musical called Gambler's Paradise. Not relating to the really good song Coolio did in the 90s. It was terrible. I had a program from it. Yako almost said, I will pay you whatever you want for it. <laughs> it was like, no, I really didn't know where it was. It was hidden somewhere in my room. But it was like, I've got to find something so I can produce a record of that or a tape of that. Because it was so legendarily bad. And I don't think it even made it off Broadway. It never got anywhere. He loved failed Broadway musicals. That's what he wanted to talk about. Maybe that's why he had all these failed test issues. <laughs> I, th I think that makes sense. There's some test issues that literally never left the factory. And those are really tough to track down. There's other ones that got put out in limited markets, which you can get. I think the 64 Giants, were those put out in packs nationwide? Or was that a test issue as well? I think they were in packs, but there was a lot of remainder of those. That's the problem with them. They over-anticipated the demand. And there's short prints there, which is problematic as well. That may have been intentional. You'd think with a 60-card set, they could have a rectangle that fit on the printing press. But for whatever reason, there's seven short prints there. Supposedly, a sheet came out which showed every card printed in the same quantity. But there may have been a problem with them cases. Our mutual friend, Merv Williams, had tons of those cards. Back when I was extra aggressive on buying stuff and being opportunistic, I actually bought a box of Clementes, the 64 Tops Giants, just because, like I've said, I thought this will be good trade material. was as good as I thought. So I think there was a lot of collation by player. And so when Merv Williams or anybody else, it may have been that the Willie Mays was lost or misplaced. It's a weird mix of the seven guys that are short print. There's some people like Wayne Causey's a pure common player. He's a good player. He made an all-star team or two. And then you got Willie Mays. Galen Sisko, yeah. Former Red Sox, 67 Red Sox. That's why I have him. I feel sorry for you in one thing, Mark. You started following baseball in 69. Do you ever feel yeah. regret that you missed 67? I do. Some of the test issues, they just never came out. It's super hard to track down. Those are on my want list still. Is there a 61 dice game, Reds? No, there isn't. There's a 68 stand-up, which you never see. The giant stand-ups? The big yeah. ones? Yeah. Yep. Or even like the 73 comics, there's a Yaz. Those are super right. tough. It's funny which ones are an actual pack-produced product. Is there anything that would be produced by Tops if it said Tops on it, no matter how obscure? Would there be any reason for you to say, even if it's a Red Sox, that is not legitimate? That was never packed pull. There's a discussion now, generally, about cards being more legitimized by being packed pulled as opposed to being cut from a sheet or picked out of a dumpster. No, if it says Tops on it, I'll look for it. Some of these are so obscure that it might have been a test issue to the point where there was an outside graphic design firm that would prepare up some designs 
and do a handful of sets perhaps to show to the top's decision makers, hey, what do you think about this? And then they said, nope, we don't want to do it. Then that very, very small production finds its way into the hobby, even though it was never maybe approved by tops. That still wouldn't bother you. No, I'd probably be cost prohibitive, but if I had the chance, I would grab it, yeah. So are we really just talking mainly about the 60s and early 70s? I believe that's the heyday, yes. Tops started really pushing these out in the 60s. I don't know if they thought Flair was going to give them a little competition. What I find interesting is Tops is a monopoly at that point. Instead of just resting on their laurels, they're looking for ways to make more. Or they'll sell more gum. Most of these test issues are not huge sets in most cases. I suppose they would think that would be a sufficient test. But when you think about marketing, that you want people to come back and buy more. If it's a small thing like that, you never find out if they bought a pack and they said, hey, mom or dad, these are cool. I want some more. If it's 24 cards and you bought a few packs, you might have a complete set. The test ought to be, does this have legs? Is this something that people are going to go back to the store for, not just make an impulse buy sight unseen? So I'm just wondering how they did these tests. What was the verdict of the test? Was it that it sold fast? or it sold out, or were they testing a price point or a technology? Maybe it's all the above. Obviously, nobody passed the test because they didn't produce any of them again. I'm wondering if anybody was fired for bad ideas, or maybe they're just taking ideas from anybody, the intern or the new person that came, because some of those dogs wouldn't hunt. And then they did the 69 Supers, which looked nothing like the 70 Supers, yet they just went for it, 70 and 71. And they and went the wrong, the- Mark, they went the wrong direction. They, right. They upsized them and thickened them and made it worse. I love the little 69 tops. Beautiful. Yeah. No, yes. Yeah. 